When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is evening somewhere, but it is afternoon elsewhere. Live from Las Vegas and live from Norwood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me start the show in the wonderful words of dream it, believe it, become it. Coming up, thank you everybody for jumping on today and all of the support, Chrissy Blue, Tundi, Mickey, Stevie Bailey, Miss Ringside, hi everyone. Remember, today is Sunday service, so we have to go... Also, sorry Spence. sorry Spence, today in Las Vegas is Mother's Day. Mother's Day, yep. So big up all the mothers out there, uh, whether you're in the UK or elsewhere, happy Mother's Day. Every day is Mother's Day, but here in the US, today is Mother's Day. Yep, 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 it certainly is. And you know what, Tim? There's been so much that's been going on in boxing right now. You know what I mean? And I mean, I mean so much. But the major thing or the major, the major talking point is this Fabio Woodley and Fraser Clark and... The, the pullout of um, purse bids or even entering the purse bids for for Fraser Clark. And he's been withdrawn from it. And as he's been withdrawn from it, there's been a lot of backlash. You know, mm. a lot of backlash. I was listening to, to Mike. Was it Mike? No, uh, was it Nick uh, um, from Fight Disciples? And he was going in. And only start listening to the man since they start big you up to him. I'm gonna be real. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm nah, Nick, 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 and uh, Adam Carroll, big guy. No, we're nice guys. They're nice guy. I met Adam last year, first time I met him last year. Um, when I did that Sugar Leonard thing, and he did the big interview for Sugar Leonard, and I did the one for some sportswear company. So, you know, what I mean, that you know what I mean, that offer that I'm grateful, yeah. Their man was just speaking their mind, but they have really been murdering Ben Shalom. And I think Ben Shalom should have the opportunity to defend himself. Yes. You know what I mean? Because Eddie Earn's been brushing, man. Seriously. They should... Tun, I'm going to be real. You sh- they should call Eddie Hearn the janitor because Eddie Earn's just been taking some big broom and he's just sweeping up, man, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Ben will respond. Uh, in he will. Time. Well, Ben says he's going to come and jump and do something with me this... This week, um, he's with a fighter today that I think they're getting a new signing in place. So they're doing that and it's going to be all good. Uh, so much to cover. Spence, you're going to mute, mate. Yeah. 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 So much to cover in tonight's show. Well, today's show for me, tonight for you. Um, also, some boxing results from around the world. 
um, Roly Romero. Yeah. Um, claiming the world title against, um, I think the guy could pass for your granddad. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tony, the man was only my granddad, Parated. <laughs> Barrios, but it was a good fight. Yeah, um, good my, fight. Gra- my granddad's been dead since 1970. I never got to meet him. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is the man that only my granddad. <laughs> oh, that Aaron special. So uh, he's in the building. The way Aaron, your your dedication will bring people to you. You know, you attract certain promoters, and uh, you just keep doing what you're doing, Aaron, young Aaron. And uh, the promoters will definitely, definitely be after you. Um, Daniel J. Boateng says the fight was fixed. <laughs> in his opinion, um, a lot of people, there's a big uproar from it. Also, we have the um, KSI elbow to discuss. <laughs> no, but Tundi, 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 Tundi. That wasn't a deliberate elbow. No, no, I, I don't believe so. But what, what I do know is that he changed right, the elbow. He changed with the MMA guys, so you know maybe subconsciously uh, the elbow came into play. Anyway, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, making his fight is right debut. Um, there are really not enough superlatives in the English dictionary to describe this man. Um, he's excellent. He's superb. He's wonderful. He's terrific. He's great. He's fantastic. He's awesome. Fabulous. Stella, marvelous, the one, the only, Mister. Well, you guys, he, he's gone past the Mister stage. Like this guy is just, well, he's one of them guys that when you see them, you want to be around them. Ladies and gentlemen, making his fight is right debut, the one, the only, Mister Eddie. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm taken back by that. Sir. I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about spending. <laughs> Right. Time, mate. Spencer, I was forget about Spencer, mate. He's just part of the part of the wallpaper. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I had a missed call from Spencer earlier. Yes. And then a call about five minutes ago. He's like, jump on. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> Not on a Sunday night. I said, do I have to put the camera on so I had to go and find a hat? The barnet's all over the place. But uh, join the club. Join the club. Yeah. No show. No show for us this weekend, which is quite rare. So. Just gearing up for Dublin, really getting ready to head out uh, for Katie Taylor against Chantel Cameron. I'm really looking forward to next weekend. Oh, it's a shame. I'm obviously I'm in Vegas now watching Dev against uh, Lomachenko. That's going to mm. be a great fight. But I actually said if there's one person I want to see before they retire, it's Katie Taylor. So I'm a bit mm. upset that the fight clashes on the same day. But it is what it is. Hopefully, Katie can come through and uh, I can get to see her fight again. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a one of a kind, you know. Two great fights this weekend. I mean, this weekend, kind of coming up, this weekend was a bit of a strange one. You had the Misfits last night, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. And obviously you had Roly as well, which was very interesting as well. Like, mm. Mm. I just still can't get my head around that stoppage. But yes. um, not, now, one second, Eddie, not the stoppage. Let's be real, Right. That man looked older than Barry. That man could be Barry Earl's dad. He could be your granddad. Listen, that man was old when I brought him over to fight Crawler. I mean, he, you remember him? We had him over to fight Kevin Mitchell. We stopped Kevin Mitchell, and yep. then he boxed to win the final eliminator to be the mandatory for Anthony Crawler. Yep. And that was actually a really underrated win by Anthony Crawler. Like he was the That's mandatory. Sweet. No one wanted to fight him. 
listen, Kevin was past his best at that stage, but still, no one really wanted to fight Barroso, and um, and Crawler stopped him. But that was like, God, I don't know, five, six years ago, and he was old then. I mean, he looked so old. Six and a half years ago. I just don't know how, how average Roly Romero is, you know, like, yeah. because well, it, no, it's like, funny. I actually it, fancy OD to beat him. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I brought OD out here to Vegas years ago before he even turned professional. Him, Anthony, uh, uh, and a few others. And I, I, was saying, I was saying, I remember playing clearly O'Hara stopping him in sparring. Mm. So, you know, the magic ball has come to fruition again and O'Hara really gets the opportunity of a lifetime to, to you know, really... I mean, he won't get a better shot at winning a world title. Mm. Um, at that weight, because there are really some good kids at that weight. So, mm. yeah, let's see. Let's wait and see what happens in there. Anyway, forget about all of that. <laughs> Everyone wants to know what's going on, Ed. Everyone wants to know what's going on with these purse bids. People pulling out, people coming with allegations, false allegations, true allegations. We want to hear it from you. We want to know what has really been happening and going down with these purse bids. I don't know if Fraser Clark is the one who we should really be feeling sorry for, um, or... Is it a it, was it a calculated move by the other side? But I, I really that's not your business. From your perspective, what has happened in this case? So what happened was Fabio Wardley fought Nathan Gorman for the British heavyweight title, won the title. There was lobbying and canvassing from Fraser Clark's team to get him in a mandatory position with the British Boxing Board of Control. Now listen. People can say, oh, we didn't do that. Well, ultimately, everybody knew it was happening. But mm. probably people thought that it wouldn't go through. Yes. Right? Because he's only had, what, six fights or whatever it is, five fights, six fights. So all of a sudden, the British Boxing Board of Control ordered a fight. We thought it would be David Adelaide, which was a fight I, you know, I was looking forward to. Fraser Clark gets ordered for the fight. Then it all starts. Fraser Clark comes out. This is a big fight. Sky start pumping the fight. You know, Fraser Clark's talking about him in interviews after the fight. Do you remember, I'm coming for you, I'm this, I'm that. Sky Sports News all over it. SkySports.com all over it. And with us, Fabio is on a fight-by-fight deal. Just as Dillian White has been his whole career with us. Just as Tony Bellew was, just where Carl Froch was, just with Kel Brook was. You know, it's just something that we do sometimes when... We're particularly comfortable with a fighter. And then they started sort of niggling at that. Oh, we hear he's a free agent. You know, we'll be making him an offer, blah, blah, blah. And they came forward and they tried to make the fight. And they made Fabio Wardley an offer directly, which contractually they can do. No problem. He came back to us and said, just want to let you know, this is what I've been offered. Because it's great information for us, for the purse bid. Mm. It was less than he made for his last fight. On, which was a 10-rounder on the Anthony Joshua card. Yes. And he said, look, one, I'm with you boys. And two, I'm not interested in that kind of money. So he turned it down. And then we proceed to purse bids. Okay, we'll go to purse bids. As the purse bids got closer, they called Fraser Clark into the office and said, listen, we've stuck a lot of money into you. We can't afford to lose this purse bid. Mm. And, you know... Scott, and, and listen, they're bang right. Like, you know, they've, they gave him a huge signing fee. They're paying him mad money for six and eight rounders. And we fancied our chances of winning the purse bid. And they basically said to Fraser Clark, 
you cannot take this fight on the zone. And we don't want to run the risk of losing the purse bid and having to pull you out once the purse bid has taken place. Because we're going to look silly now, but we're going to look even more silly if that happens. Wow. So Fraser Clark was devastated, in tears apparently, in the office, saying, you can't do this. You know, I want to fight. I, I, I know I can beat him. This is the fight I want. And the reality is, we were going to bid a fortune. I mean, Fabio and Fraser were going to make a nice few quid for the, for the fight that it is, you know. But good luck to them. That's the, that's the state of boxing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I think it went to the wire because we sent Tom Dallas down. He was on the 732 train from Paddington down to Cardiff and then got a call, you know, before the purse bid to say, I'm really sorry, but um, Fraser Clark pulled out of the bids. So mm. then, obviously, from then, you know, the explanation is, oh, well, I don't know why he was made mandatory anyway. My opinion is he's not ready for that fight. But how can you say that when you were making offers trying to make the fight? Yes. Like, does it, it's, it's all, it's all rubbish. It makes sense. Yeah, what, what, what happened was is they didn't want to get into a purse bid scenario and lose the fight. So, but I feel like, like I don't know Fraser Clark's contract, but we certainly would never have a, a contract with a fighter that says if, if a purse bid came up and we lost the purse bid, you're not allowed to take the fight or we can pull you out of a purse bid scenario. Ultimately, it's the, it's the promoter's obligation to yeah. win the purse bid or be competitive in that purse bid on his numbers. So, you know, it's like, you, you imagine, you know, they like Anthony gets made mandatory for the world title. Yes. And Frank turns around and says, listen, I've got to pull you out of that because I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't afford to lose a purse bid. And you'll be like, what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this is the fight. This is a big money fight. And and really, if you back yourself, if you really believe you win, you go and take the money, do the job, and then yes. you're back with a broadcaster anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Well, that's the so what do you think, sorry, Tom, what do you think, what do you think that if you were in Ben Shalom's position, right, which you're not, but you have been years ago when you was at Sky, if you was in Ben Shalom's position, what would you have done? I would have had to, one, I would never go against a fighter's wish to be in a fight that's going to earn him a lot of money that he believes and his team believes would win. Do you know what I do, Spence? The first thing I do is I'd speak to his trainer and his team and say, listen, do you fancy this fight? Yes. And they would say yes or no or whatever. And I'd say, okay. Because every fighter fancies the fight. You know, it's, but it's a 50-50 fight. And I said to Fraser, when I saw him in Cardiff, he goes, oh, you know, I win this fight. Yeah, I said, listen, you've got bundles of experience, hundreds of amateur fights fighting top top boys all around the world. But Fabio, as limited he is in terms of his amateur experience, he's, he's a sharp puncher. He's full of confidence. I think it's a great fight. Yes. But, you know, you've got to take into consideration so many different things. The age of Fraser Clark, you know, the, the speed that you want to move him. But at the same time, I understand, you know, Ben's position. We've invested a lot of money. We think he should have a couple more fights first. But you can't be offering up the fight to Fabio and then saying, well, actually, no, we don't want the fight. We're not ready for it. And the one that's really taken the stick from this, and I don't know how we'll recover because I'm, you know, over the years, I've kind of been the king of recovery on, of stick. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time to understand how to recover from it. Yes, and when sir. you're fresh to it and you feel it for the first time, it's horrible. And Fraser will really struggle with it because he wants to be loved. You know, it's a bit like Connor in a way. He struggled with it because he loves to be loved. You know, he's an emotional kid. He, he likes the you know people on his back supporting him, and the same with Fraser. 
And now he's going to get ridiculed, really, for his next few fights. And I'm sure it'll all work out. This is not the end of the world. But I, I just think um, they played it really badly. Really, really badly. Is there, is there now an opportunity? Um, obviously, the fans have been let down. We know that's the, the case here. Is there opportunity that Fabio could fight David Adderley? Yeah, as I think, that, as, as I understand it, Queensbury have already lobbied that to okay. the board. I think he fights in June, doesn't he, or something, or early June or something like that. At York well, I spoke to um, David Adelaide yesterday, right? And I said, because you must have saw the spat between him and Fraser Clark mm. a few weeks ago. It was really good. Um, and he says, Spence, I'm not doing no press. I'm not talking about nothing. He says, I, I'm not, I've got nothing to say on the matter. All I do know is this, like, I just want to, I just want to fight. Mm. And, you know, that's the, that's the fight that he's been screaming for. He's, he's out, he's out in, in Puerto Rico right now training. So, yeah, he's got a fight coming up. And I think I said to Fabio yesterday, I said, what we need to do is we need to get your date locked in, which will be July. And I expect him, could, could be David L.A., but I expect him to have a fight. And then I think the board will order David L.A. as the mandatory. And I think that's a great fight. But listen, in that situation, George Warren phones me up and says, what do you want to do? Because he's going to want to do it on BT. We're mm-hmm. going to want to do it on the zone. He's going to tell me the number. If it's a great number... I'm going to go back to Fabio and say, listen, yes, I think you should do it. You know, we did it recently with John Ryder, where yes. he boxed Zach Parker, worked out really nice for us, made a lot of money, you know, got the win. And yeah, then got a really on. good win. Yeah, but that's the same here. Or we go back to George and say, listen, this is the offer for David Adelaide. He probably says no. And then we go to purse bids. But you can be guaranteed one thing in that scenario. Whoever loses that purse bid is taking the fight. Do you know what I mean? Like, there is no way that David Adelaide would pull out of that fight. There's actually no way that I, I think the Warrens would, would certainly insist on him pulling out if they lost the first bid. And same with us. We've done it loads recently. You know, we're, they, people always take the piss out of us because we lose loads of purse bids, apparently. It's just that we're in one every week. We can't win them all. But when we lose the purse bid, we never pull them out. You know, people said about Joshua Boatsy and when he pulled out, he should never have pulled out of that purse bid. That was a huge bid from Frank Warren. And it was a lot of money for a fight with Jean Pascal, who we just see lose to Effort or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, he would have beat him easy. Do you know what I mean? It would have yeah. been a nice win for a lot of money, but he didn't want to do it because they were messing around with Vada testing. And I understand that. But we would never pull a fighter out of a purse bid if they were happy with a fight. You know, and that's that's the risk you run going into the purse bid. But I feel like the, this decision around Fraser Clark was like if we if we pull out post purse bid. We'll look, we'll look terrible, but they look terrible either way. Well, Ed, listen, we don't want to hold you, hold you too long. I know the missus must be screaming. Listen, let's have a day. <laughs> but we're not talking about boxing. Though. You're not doing boxing. Sunday is it every day? Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, before you, before you go, before you go, Eddie, um, could you enlighten us on this Joshua, uh, um, this Joshua Wilder, and this Tyson Fury Usyk? Because we're hearing so many different things, like be it'd be wrong. Even though I've pulled you out of retirement, you was chilling in your house. I'm sure you was in a bar full of fold because I heard bear splashing. So I know, respect I for jumping on. Like, you yeah, gave me loads, loads, loads of notice. Five minutes. Appreciate that, yeah. bro. That's how we roll, man. That's how we roll. Listen, lucky you so let me tell you about this. So the situation is, Saudi Arabia would like to do 
Fury against Usyk, AJ against Wilder on the same night. Right? I went out there two weeks ago. They're deadly serious. I've done two big fights with them before. You know, I know they deliver. Um, as I understand it, they've been doing their own negotiations with Deontay Wilder, which has gone very well. They've been talking to Usyk for a year because obviously he boxed AJ over there. And they know the rough kind of numbers that we want based on what we receive for the uh, Andy Ruiz fight and the Usyk fight in, in Saudi Arabia. Fury's another story altogether, but not my business. Yeah. But all I'm concerned about is doing the deal for Fury, for AJ against Wilder. Because if they can't get Usyk and Fury over the line, they will still do AJ against Wilder. So it's this... This is what they want. They want this big quartet. But, you know, for me, and I, and AJ's already told me, no problem. You know, you, you hit the numbers that we want for the fight that aren't unreasonable and they're not, you know, hugely out of proportion in terms of what he received there last time. We're in. And then we work backwards on that regarding the August fight yes. that he will be having because we all, we all, believe and you guys will as well he needs that fight in August more time with Derek James more preparation for Deontay Wilder and then that's it you know and who we choose will be dependent on if we get that Deontay Wilder deal done Um, I like the Dillian White fight you know whether he gets the Wilder fight done or not I I like that fight I think it's a fight that AJ is going to get up for I think it's a fight that he can have some spite for um, and it's a fight that is dangerous. And, you know, there'll be a lot on the line because if you sign a massive deal to fight Deontay Wilder in December yes. and you're fighting Dillian White in August, yeah. it's risky business. But I don't I don't feel that a fight against someone, you know, that he's not fired up for or he's not motivated for or someone he's gonna who's gonna roll over is really gonna prepare him for that yes. wilder fight. So that's where we're at, but we're working backwards on trying to get the wilder fight over the line first. Absolutely. How confident are you getting a victory um, for Joshua, Eddie? Against Wilder? Yeah. I like the fight. You know, I I feel like his style now may be better suited in points in that fight. Like, at the end of the day, whoever lands clean is is winning the fight, right? But I don't feel that... I don't want Joshua to go in that fight trading off and gambling in spots. Like, he... If he boxes smart, and a lot of the things he did against Franklin, I liked. You know, I thought his feet were great. I thought he caught shots well. He countered well. You know, he was a little bit um, tentative at times, but there was a lot on the line. Like, if he lost that fight, his whole career's over. He hadn't won in nearly three years or something like that, you know? Yes. So, but there was a lot that I liked in the fight. I think he can outbox Wilder. I really do. But if he's too tentative, you know, he's going to be, he could be, I mean, Wilder could walk him down. Really, you know, after what he saw in the Franklin fight, maybe he says, you know, I'm going to walk him down in this fight. But I just feel like Joshua can counter punch as well. But at the moment, people seem to make him an underdog in that fight. But that's okay, that's good. But I feel like coming back. Also, don't forget, we don't really know where Wilder's at in terms of his punch resistance, everything. Like three difficult fights against Tyson Fury, a yes. one round blowout against Hellenius. Like he may not be the same fighter he was after those Tyson Fury fights. So. You know, we don't bank on that, but I feel like AJ. Like the one thing is with AJ is you know he's going to go in 
into that fight, level-headed, prepared, and he's wanted that fight for a long time. So, you know, dangerous fight, but that's what everyone wants to see. Absolutely. Listen, I better jump in because Spencer's going to ask you more questions, Ed. And this, I don't need to. I'm going to pull him. I'll pull him up. I've got to pick up Eddie Earp for jumping I'm on. Otherwise, Eddie might not come back on again, Spencer. You've got to know when to just let loose. No, then... brother. No worries, boys. No worries. He's always coming on here. It has been an absolute pleasure to have the one and only, the maestro, the master, the man that has more does more interviews than anyone in the game. It's just hands up, hands down, hands up, hands down. The special Mr. Eddie Hearn. One second before you go, Eddie, sure. just say, dream it, believe it, become it. Yes, sir. Dream it, believe it, become it, baby. There you go. There Come you on go. up. You know what time there it is. Big up, Mr. Ed. Fantastic, Spence. Don't run with the Black Book powers. The Black Book has struck again. But as soon as you went out there, you start buck up Black Diamond. She made the powers come up. <laughs> <laughs> don't people don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> well, it's good. moving on, we have two special guests. Spencer's special guests again. Um, live on the fight is right. I'm here in Vegas. I'm not too sure where these brothers are, but you know, again, Spencer, you're always doing big things uh, in terms of the guests we have, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce to you, Mr. Jazz Lingtot, and also Mr. Michael Bovell. Come on, Spencer, do the thing. <laughs> when you say, when you say, Michael, bro, yes, Michael, yes, yes, block yes, out. Yes, I, see yes, play, yes. I see you playing with electricity in there. My ass don't block, bro. No, <laughs> man. Don't get no shocking in there. <laughs> Listen, I just want to um, break down to the viewers on here who, who may not know. I'll have to educate people. When you say the name Frankie Lucas, everybody's thinking about American gangster who's played by Denzel Washington. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm talking about the real guy, Frankie Lucas, who came to England in the early 60s, who was born in St. Lucia, who was... St. Vincent, St. Vincent. Vincent, sorry. Okay. Don't, try, Vincent. don't try bringing in St. Lucia. There's a beef there, man. So you <laughs> it's not a <laughs> Right? And I'm saying just how special this man was because, like, he went... When he turned professional, he became British champion. And Frankie Lucas was just a rough house man. We know John Sims, um, the, the owner and trainer of Miguel's boxing gym, who, right, John Sims would always say, like, that Frankie Lucas is a dangerous bastard, right? <laughs> so you got to know. But, but sadly, we just, sadly, we recently lost Frankie Lucas. Um, so, and I know Jazz, there's a play coming out. When's the play coming out, Jazz? The play opens up on the 5th of June at Chelsea Theatre. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the big opening. Um, yeah, if you could please just elaborate more on the play and what it means that because you're actually going to be playing Frankie Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, on the, firstly, I just want to say thank you to both of you. Um, and also to Michael for, for, for connecting all these dots because, um, you know, to chat to you a lot about this is great. Like, you're the knowledge and Tunde, you're the man as well. Do you know what I mean? So massive appreciation for uh, giving us this platform to talk about it. Yes. But, yeah, like you said, you know, Frankie, um, Frankie was a ferocious fighter and he was there at a time in boxing. You know, since since his time, boxing has moved on a lot. And people like, from starting from like Len Johnson, Bunny Sterling, 
And then in Frankie Lucas's time where he was there in the stables with Bunny and John Conti, that's when he was training uh, and fighting. You know, these guys really opened up the door for people like Eubanks, Benz, Anthony Joshua. You know, they were at the start of this journey when it wasn't how it was now. Um, and so often um, these sort of stories get forgotten in history. Uh, you know, these are these are black stories um, and they often get forgotten. So what we wanted to do was make sure that, that Frankie's legacy doesn't just disappear like that. And so it's really important for us to tell this story. And Michael and Frankie, you know, they gave us their blessing to do it. Uh, and we're really, really appreciative of that because, uh, you know, his story is an amazing story. And it also changed, changed, changed the lane for some people like the McKenzie's, like Clinton, for example. You know, Frankie Lucas came over here, like you said, in the early 60s. He was the British ABA champion in 1972. Wow. But England refused to pick him to represent them for the games. Um, so he trained that's again. The Commonwealth, that's the Commonwealth Games that you're talking about there. Yeah, well, he first of all, in 72, he was he, he, he was the ABA champion, but they refused to pick him for the Olympics. And then again, he was the ABA champion again, and they refused to pick him again for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so he ended up fighting for the island of his birth, St. Vincent, went out there to, to New Zealand, uh, knocked the English guy out in the semi-final, won the gold medal. Who they took in his place. Yeah, exactly. Who they yeah. took in his Well, that was also controversial as well because, you know, Minter went on to be this big British icon. Um, but who who Lucas beat in, in 72 was Minter. So they, they swapped it all around. They put Minter down a weight so that it wow. didn't look funny. Um, and someone else in, in, in the middleweight. Um, but then, yeah, fast forward to 74, they did the same thing again. And, yeah, so he beat the English guy who he'd already beaten in the semi-final then won the gold medal and then England lost out on the leaderboard by one gold medal, which would have been his had they had picked him. But why that was interesting was because a couple of years later in 76 for the Olympics, they tried to do the same to Clinton McKenzie. And uh, so Clinton went off to try and fight for Jamaica. And when the board heard that he was going to do that, they remembered what happened with Frankie. So backtrack real quick and Clinton went representing England. Yep, and yeah. Clinton, unfortunately, he got beat in the yeah. quarterfinals against Sugar Ray Leonard. There is no yeah. big thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 can yeah. I just say, listen, it's such an amazing, so amazing for me to hear you talking. And uh, last week you had Joe Gallagher on, and he was talking about the same thing you've just highlighted, that there are so many stories that modern-day fighters and people in general, general don't know. They don't mm. know who paved the way. And uh, again... You've already said thank you for coming on Platinum, but just for me personally, I think it's so enlightening to hear these stories. And, you know, I know it will open the eyes of, of many boxers today. No, you know, this whole thing about respect, you know, and people being forgotten, it's one of the main reasons I'm why. On, on the team. It's one of the main reasons why I brought James Cook into the camp. Um, because here you have a man with knowledge that if. The young people don't use this. Mm. This is forgotten. You, you you aim to do the same mistakes again. Why don't you learn from these people? And I just think it's such a fantastic thing for you to come and uh, uh, talk about this today. And, and, and really, I, I just want to say thank you. 
I really want to speak to the man sitting there quietly, the son. Because, you know, when we hear about Frank Lucas, man's thinking about drugs and stuff. If I'm not mistaken. Are we talking about the same, are we talking about the same Frank Lucas from the Denzel film with a fur coat? Are we talking about the same guy? No, we're not. We're not. But someone just as vicious, though. Before we even continue, yeah? Let me tell you a story quickly, yeah? Al Hamilton... I hope that Al Hammers is. He told me a story about Frankie Lucas. So Frankie Lucas turned up uh, at a nightclub down the West End, right? Um, Marvin Gaye, when Marvin Gaye came over to sing, right? So there was a bouncer on there. It was meant to be some Kung Fu man, yeah? And he was just bagging up everybody, weren't letting people in. So it was a Kung Fu man who was fast with his feet. So your dad turned up there, yeah? So your dad said, yeah, you wanted to get in. And the man was like, no, 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 you can't get in. So your dad's like, bro, well, I'm Frankie Lucas. The man was going on Wicked, the bouncer. Your dad just grabbed him by his feet, you know, so the man couldn't kick, fling him to the uh, broke him off. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 you know, the thing with my dad, um, there's a lot of parts that I don't know about my dad. And, you know, people, yes. like, when I speak to um, Sims and stuff like that, they know my dad more than I do. You get me? I was just at the last part of the with my dad because um, since like my dad had schizophrenia since he was twenty five, you get what I mean. So we we lost contact with him and everything else. So only when he turned up at my mum's door to say, "Listen, he's been in hospital." So he's been in and out of hospital with mental health from from a long time now. You get what I mean? <coughs> this what um and you know for me it's been one of the hard things. You get what I mean? Because I never get to really know my dad as much as I would love to, you get me? Yes. I'm, I'm glad I've had the time to spend with him, you know, looking after him, caring for him and stuff like that, you get me? But, you know, and even my mum, she was really great because she never, she wasn't like, no woman, oh, you're not seeing your son and that. She always wanted me to be with him or, you know, and so forth, you know? So I'm kind of glad that how things have happened in life, that I've got to learn to live with him and, you know, be his care and stuff. So I'm grateful for that, you get me? And I think, um, Everybody does need their father, you know. I mean, what a testament! What a testament to have, you know, have a play uh, about yeah. your father. Yeah. You know, and I think and this is how we keep the history relevant, um, even in today. Um, you know, I just clocked <laughs> Michael. You know, I, the last time I saw you was in Dunn's gym. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, like, you know that comes. To- you know what it is? Because I'm, I'm in Vegas right now, but yeah, there's yeah. all things going in my head. Yeah, and I'm yeah. saying, listen, before we go into that, I don't want to, I don't, because I'm uh, just like last week, I'm about bigging up certain people where I come from the environment about what they're doing. Mm. And I see the t shirt, I literally <laughs> just went online. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, bro, big up the team, the shea butter, bro, you know, we need our skin. All the time. Yeah, you my one, my one in the post coming tomorrow. Yeah, you coming, your guys. Wait, um, send me your um your details, brother, and I'll send you yours because I've got everything all fine. I'll right send now. over to these details. Don't worry. Yeah, well, yeah, send yeah, it to yeah. mine. I'll drop it. Yeah, Bro, yeah, I, yeah, I was in the gym. I was in the gym. Focus. Yeah. I just, I said, I'm trying to. I'm trying to focus, but yeah. I, this thing remember. I have this story uh, told about your father. It's just great. And um, I think the young people really need to, because history empowers you. Yeah. Yeah. History Mm -hmm. empowers you. Uh, Bob Marley said, uh, I feel if you don't know your history, you don't know where you're coming from or you don't know where you're going. Mm. 
So, so what was it like actually being around your dad and how best would you want your dad to be remembered other than the fact that there's a play about it? Um, for me, my dad, uh, well, I remember him um, when he took me to the first gym, see, and I saw John Conte there, you get me? And like, um, this is when we used to live on Southampton Row in um, Kentishtown. And he used yes. to go for his run and stuff like that, leave me in the bed and, you know, go for a run early in the morning, come back and, you know, go to the gym. You think you just go to the gym about twice or three times, stuff like that, do the run in the morning. But it's um, there's a lot of parts that I don't have, you get what I mean? My part is more of the ending part, being with him, looking after him and stuff like that. So the time that him in the boxing scene, I was too young to know what was going on, you get what I mean? Because I, I was born in 72, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he was, he was I was two when he was winning the Commonwealth Games, you get what I mean? Yes. I don't remember anything. It's just my uncles would tell me that, they remember when he, I was sitting in my uncle's laps when he was getting a gold medal over his head. Mm-hmm. And because he had such a big afro, mm-hmm. the man had to shug it over his head. To- <laughs> 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 and I guess, I mean, you spoke about mental health and yeah. what your father went through. Um, does this play actually give you some solace and uh, help you? Because, you know, no one, you know, we're speaking about your father and what he had to go through. We do know that a lot of things are hereditary and people, mental health is such a serious thing nowadays. Yeah. Uh, we, some people don't realise, You can be, we spoke about Eric Guy. You can mm-hmm. see that he was suffering before he went. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and speaking about things... You know, if there's anything that you you know you want to say or you want to get off your chest, because that's it. From what I've seen, from my whole research on mental health, and and it seems that there people are holding things inside, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons why myself and Spencer uh, formulated this show to give people you know away from the mainstream yeah. uh, TV the opportunity to really just speak about and, you know, let go of certain things if there are any things that they hold into you. So, you know, here's your here's your opportunity, you know. Well, um, not really, f- like, for me, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I've only seen my dad go through mental health, you get what I mean? And um, it's been a long time. I've only known my dad in certain in that state, you get yes. what I mean? And it's it's been hard, you get what I mean? Um uh, it's very hard to say and to express in words how you feel. It's just a it's a sad awakening because there's a lot of things that he felt he was stolen from, of his from his fights and stuff like that. You get me? They were stolen a lot. You know, when he needed money, they gave him cutlery after wow. winning fights and stuff like that. You get me? He needed money. You know, to even buy stuff for me. My mum said, when you buy you a clothes, instead of giving her the money that it can last. You know, he'd buy an expensive shirt for you, you get what I mean? But you know, that's actually in the play, you know. Is it? <laughs> that's in the scene in the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, mental health-wise, because um, it was such a... Sti- Oopsie daisy. Brilliant. Yeah, because it was such a stigma back then, you get what I mean? Now, I kind of, you know, throw myself at it, you know what I mean? Because if people are under these pressures, they need help, really. Because I see my dad go through it, wasn't a nice scene, you know. Um, it was, it, I think, it was a lot bitter with the situation and depression. 
what he went through and stuff like that from not winning fights that or being robbed of these fights and stuff like that, you know? So just Yeah, it's interesting because when we you know, it's been this whole the way this whole came about was just it's really interesting how we all sort of cross paths with it. Um and you know, me and Michael have spoken, uh, you know, we, we've become good friends since the start of this. We've been doing this now for, for a couple of years. It started off as a short film, which then won a few awards, which then led to us meeting. And, you know, Michael explained to me what he's just said there, where it's, you know, there's these latter years, or not the latter years, but in recent years where him and his dad have reconnected like that. And uh, Michael came to watch a little read through of the play back in February when we were still figuring things out. And what became, you know, what was nice that we shared was that, you know, to do this, we've, we've, this has taken about a year and a half to two years of research. So we've interviewed like John Conti, Clinton, um, Winston McKenzie, uh, um, Bruce Baker, um, loads and loads of different people to piece this story together. And when Michael came to watch the, 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 the bit of the read through of it a few months back, you know, he was saying that there's parts of his dad's life that he's, you know, and even even Michael's mum, you know, we sat with Michael's mum for a couple of days. Um, so there's parts of this story that, that, you know, that Michael wasn't aware of. And we've sort of like pieced together through everyone's interviews. Um, and just on the topic uh, of the mental health there, you know, what I explained to you at the start of this was just that that wasn't even Frankie's career. Do you know what I mean? That was before his career had even started. That's what he was up against. And then when he turned professional, um, he just he was so ferocious as a fighter and so feared. And, you know, there was Mickey Duff uh, and Astaire, you know, they were around then. And yes, that was, Minter was their guy. And, you know, Frankie and Minter were the same division. So over the course of, and especially back then, you know, fighters were fighting like nine, ten times a year. You know, back then, Frankie fought, I think it was around this, it was around nine fights in his professional career over four years, just because he was so avoided. And he wow. kept getting promise fights and then fights would be pulled the day of, the day before. So he spent, like Michael was saying, you know, he, he was training hard. Like He beat Bunny Sterling. That's a big win, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. a big win. I don't think, I'm saying this like, and I like when we touch on these kind of things. It's like Bunny Sterling, like for hand speed, ton, he died a few years ago now, Bunny Sterling. Mm. God bless his soul. Right? Bunny Sterling was ranked number one contender um, for Luis Rodriguez's um, WBA World Middleweight title. So this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunny Sterling was a was a bad boy fire. And yeah. same thing, so, same thing with, with, with boxers and stuff. They retire, suffer from mental health and everything else like that. But please continue. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. You know, we touch on, because the, the first part of the play is all about getting to the... Um, getting to the Olympics and the second part's his professional career. And he was obviously trained by George Francis, you know, trainer of champions. The great George Francis. Yeah. And we've got, um, yeah, we've got a great actor playing him, Frankie Wilson, who's in, it was just in BBC's The Gold series. Um, and he's great, great actor. But there's a lot of, you know, this is a, I think you'll love it, Spencer, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a boxing history play for that time. You know, the, the scenes between myself and George, um, talk about Len Johnson, Bunny Sterling, what Bunny Sterling had to go through um, and all the things you're just mentioning. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. But back to, with, with the mental health aspect, you know, it's a big it's a big thing. Um, back then, you know, it, it wasn't it's more taboo. Now it's more open. Um, and whether you're a sportsman or a regular person or whoever, everyone suffers from it uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. in some way. 
And, you know, a big thing for us with this thing is we've teamed up with um, a charity called Health Perks. Um, What they do is they basically give um, training to to trainers so that trainers can spot mental health problems early on so that they can intervene before it escalates. Um, So that's one thing that we're we're trying to, you know, we're we're creating an outreach program for it. Um, And if you go onto the website, which is goingforgoldplay.com, you know, it tells you all the backstory, tells you about the outreach program that we're doing so that these things don't happen in the future. Um, and there's also a Kickstarter link on there. Uh, in order to do these outreach programs, we need to, to reach a goal, which we're, we're 60 percent of the way there. We've got about another 10 days left. Uh, if 100 people put 40 quid in, we, we'd make it there. Um, but that's all for the mental health aspect so that we can. Hold on. Just repeat that again. If 100 people put 40 40 pounds in, yeah. Then we'd we'd reach our target. Okay. Four thousand pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or two hundred people put twenty quid in, or do you know what I mean? Every little helps. So So, so where can people donate this money? So if yeah, if you go to goingforgoldplay.com. If Manny, if Manny or Gary is Gary's not here, Manny should be on it. Manny, we need to put that that in the link uh, for the people to press. Uh, If not, we'll put it on this episode uh on youtube after because we need that money yeah that would be amazing that'd no be amazing. problem and all the information's on on that one website you've got frankie's backstory how the play came about the outreach program and what we're trying to do the show dates and tickets um and you know yeah so i appreciate that really appreciate that well listen it's been a fantastic a uh, few minutes from the both of you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you both. so Thank much you. for coming. The son of Frankie Lucas hmm. and uh, Jazz. You're the man. Well, yeah. Jazz. Lastly, where yeah. can people get to see the play? So yeah, the, the, the play is uh, it starts on the on the fifth of June at Chelsea Theatre. And uh, what theatre? Say that again. What theatre? Chelsea Theatre, just okay. off of uh, just off of World's End Road or Kings Road. Right. Um, so we're there for four nights: the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. The seventh sold out already, um, but there are still tickets for the other nights. Um, and the plan is really, you know, this is stage one of the play. Uh, the plan is by by this t- by the spring next year, we're going to have it in a big West End play at the Royal Court, um, one of those big theatres. That's the plan for this because we this isn't the end of the play. We're just getting started with it. Absolutely, ladies Thank and gentlemen. You so much. Thank you. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Yo, Michael, I'm waiting for my delivery tomorrow, you know, bro. Wait, Michael, bring up the website, please, before you go. Huh? Bring up the website. Say again? Shealove.com. S-H-E-A-L-U-V.com. Shealove.com. Go get your cream. Go get your cream. Bro, we need deodorants and everything, fam. I'm getting for you. No way, you're going to love it up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Good Guys, let's get this show on the road, baby. Yeah, you know it. You know it. (laughs) Michael Bovewell, thank you very much. Thank you. Bless up. Thank you, guys. Bye bye. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's been a ranking. It's been a great show, man. It's been an excellent show. Started it off with fantastic Eddie. Um, And now, what a great story, eh? Listen. It's, this is this is the diversity of this show, able to really bring real stories, real boxing people, and, and let us hear, let the public hear, let the fans hear what what really are going, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. And also, may I say a massive, plum pleasing happy birthday to my guy, Daniel Grace. It's his birthday today. Um, so he's a, he's a proper fan of the show. He's always throwing in the money in the Snapchats. So yeah, massive big up to Daniel Gracie. Um, and a happy birthday to him. He's got a beautiful family as well. To, um, he's the one at my mom's funeral. He came up with his little girl to, yes, to, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Got a lot of time for him, man. Good guy. Good guy. So what? Is there anything that we've missed out? Tundi. We didn't really touch on the KSI because we need to. Tundi. Listen to me. This misfits business, yeah, mm. is the right fit, and I'm going to tell you why. Come right, recently in boxing, loads of people have been posting all of this week. Like, on average, there is 13 to 15 deaths globally in professional boxing. That's in professional boxing where you get adjudicators, where you have to have brain scans, where you've got. Um, I'm not saying they haven't got medical people at the, on the grounds and all the rest of it. They do have, right? But I'm just keeping this thing real. When we're seeing two grotesquely obese men, right, fighting each other, as they had yesterday, I don't even know their names, and I'm not being no disrespect to them because I understand the entertainment and they're bringing the fans out, right? So, what, 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 fat people can't earn no money? <laughs> no, Tundi, Tundi, I'm not saying that fat people, I'm not saying that fat people can't earn no money. What I am saying is that it is... It's, it's, it's dangerous. If it's dangerous for professional fighters, right? It's going to be dangerous for amateurs. It's going to be dangerous for white qualifiers. It's going to be dangerous for these, these influencers, right? Isn't that, oh, first of all, thank you, Duke AH, for the 35 czar. He said, sorry. Bro, Miss Costin. Uh, he says, Tundi, great show as normal. Spencer, do you have any info on where Adam Smith has gone from leading Skyboxing for 20 years to now disappearing? But anyway, continue what you're saying, please. Yeah. Um, we wish Adam Smith all the best. Um, it's, there's certain things I can elaborate, but I'm not, I'm not going to elaborate. I just wish Adam Smith all of the best. Um, he's he's been a supporter. He's always been bigging up our thing as well. Go on. Man, <laughs> man said it's Tyson Fury fan. <laughs> ah, bro, this is what I'm trying to say. But you was talking about the grotesquely fat. No, yeah, yeah right, right. No, there was there was two Tundi. There was two grotesque men. Like as it's like a spectacle thing. So I get where they're coming from. I'm not taking away anything from them because. These men are earning money. I ain't knocking them for that. Yeah. But what I am saying is this. You cannot play boxing. Boxing is not a joke. You know what I mean? But I just think that, Spence, I just think that, you know, listen, there are refs there. And uh, the ref did stop it early, though, from what, I, from what I saw, the highlights I saw. The ref did stop it early. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thing that anybody was going to get seriously hurt. But I get where you're coming from in terms of, Boxing is not a sport that you play. However, Spencer, the attendance for last night's spectacle, as you called it, ridiculous. I don't see some profiles like that. Yeah, Tundi, you don't see profiles. Listen to me. I'm trying to say it's a captured market, yeah? But let's go back. Let's be real. We saw the fight, yeah? And as the fight was going on, KSI. Elbowed the man like his name was Giant A Stacks, bro. Remember Giant A Stacks? He's a clap. 
Man said they both fighting diabetes. <laughs> ah! No, but the elbow was too much. That elbow was a kamikaze elbow because it 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 was nah. I, I mean, I just saw the highlights. I didn't see the fight, but in your opinion, was it blatant? Was it you know? No, was- no, I don't think it was deliberate. He threw. He went to throw a punch. Right? He went to throw a punch, but he led through and he came through with the elbow. And it's the elbow that clapped the guy. Right? And we saw, was it Jake Paul? One of the Paul brothers. I'm sure it was Jake Paul. Jake Paul come out and said, like, that should have been a no contest or disqualification. And if we're looking at it through the eyes of professional boxing, Tandy, which it is yeah. not, that would have been a no contest. Right? So was it classified as a professional fight? That's what I want to know. No, I don't know. No, it wasn't. Because I don't, no, it wasn't. It wasn't, but what I do know is that KSI, KSI does have a professional license. And so does Joe Fornier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fornier, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Was it a professional contest? If KSI were to fight Tommy Fury, which, be is, professional. which is what is proposed next, that also has to be a professional fight, right? That would be a professional fight. The battery's going low in it. So, oh. so was last night, I mean, so we need clarification oh. on this. Was last night a professional fight? We need to know. And if so, if so, then he should have been disqualified for a blatant for a blatant elbow. He should have been. Hmm. It is kinda it's I don't I don't know. This thing here, it's 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 I don't know. Listen, everybody's entitled to earn a living, but I just think that it's the entertainment factor is not really because that was a bad knockout, Spencer. Tunde, man suplexed him, bro. That was serious. <laughs> that was a bad. That that was a bad. That was a bad elbow. That would not be misplaced in UFC. It it wouldn't be. But Conor McGregor would have been happy with that. Of course, it was. But what I am saying, it was entertaining. So I'm not knocking that. But what I am saying is, understand the seriousness of boxing. Boxing is serious, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the seriousness of boxing. Yes. yes right. Yes. Yeah. And as much as entertainment, ah, oh, yeah, it's good, and uh, bringing that thing. Listen, I'm being real. Somebody can die in there. That's why I'm saying, <laughs> right? No, I'm not taking it too far. Now. No, <laughs> why, how am I taking it too far? Have you not? Have you not? We don't need to. You need to go there. Spence. No, no, you need, no. You don't need to go there. You need, I think that. Yeah, I, listen, we do know the the dangers of the sport, um, but that's why we have med- a medical team right there. Um, on hand and a referee that's supposed to not let fighters take and a, and a corner team you know um, to really deal with things like this or, or lessen the severity of anything like that but that elbow could have caused a lot of damage of course it could have that's where you have to bridge the gap between this entertainment thing and actual fighting so is this a like? I get where you're coming from, Spence, because it's not really a joke. It's not a joke, Tundi, mm. right? So as much as you're saying like, but we can't play this down. This is not a joke. Mm. You know I mean, I know pro fighters who have lost their lives in this game, Tun. Yes, sir. You know I mean, so that's why I'm. This is my only thing. I haven't got no problem with the the, the um, them guys who want to jump into boxing and all the rest of it. But I'm saying this now: if somebody in a professional surroundings can lose their life. It's all fun and games where everyone say, ah, this is so much fun, I love it, rah, rah, rah. Let something go wrong in one of these things. Mm. Yeah, and then we'll see. 
right? And also, did you see Isaac Lowe bad up um, Prince Patel? You know, I don't watch these, these buildings. He's dragging up Prince Patel. looks shook to me. I don't know about Prince Patel, but I, I can't take these man serious. I don't know, but um, I never saw it. Uh, 6181 Boxing says, the entertainment boxing thing has gone way too far. So basically, in total agreement with you, Spencer, um, and Kurt Campbell really echoing your thoughts. It's true. Someone could get hurt. So it's, it's definitely something that, you know, has to be looked at. Um, but it's money, Spence. <laughs> it's money. Brothers, people want money. And people are prepared to pay. Turn, I'm getting all of that. I'm not knocking all of that. I would just like, uh, um, <clears throat> I would just like the safety elements to be a little bit more tightened, tightened up. I don't like the fact that my man, and and also it's like bare people trying to attack up um, Tommy Fury as well last night in the place. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw a video with my man, um, Boxing UK, and I don't know why they had Dean's name in the thing because Dean doesn't have nothing. It said Dean White and it, uh, it, is it Idris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I see Dean chilling. Dean weren't there nothing in there, so I don't even know why I put Dean's name in. But no, but Dean, no, Dean was with Prince Patel in it. Okay, right? okay. Because okay, he was okay. promoting him on his shows, right? Big up so, Dean White and big up his shows as well. Big up, yeah, yeah, big up, big up Black Box Boxing, right? So then, man, so Dean was there. So Dean was all in it for, yeah, yeah, after argument. But he was saying to Isaac, don't touch him. But Isaac's like, no, brother. My man spoke about my missus, saying that my missus and all the rest of it. So he just, he went through, he just dragged him in his show. And I'm telling you now, Tundi, Prince Patel looked shook. And that's okay. that. He okay. looked shook, bro. So we could have a, another fight, Prince Patel. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that could happen, man. As it low. Um, thank you, Duke H, again. For 35 Zar, he says, if KSI can consider Tommy Fury weight-wise, Tundi, can you consider if KSI took on Anthony Yard? Imagine the build-up and pay-per-view millions for Tundi. Bro, KSI don't want no smoke. Me, I would entertain it. (laughs) And I'm sure sure Anthony would entertain it. But let's not get silly now, like, I feel, I feel there's a market for KSI, and he should stick to that market. Uh, when you're dealing with real fighters, uh, we're not in no, we're not no. This is like Anthony's a, a professional fighter, so it, it sounds good. It sounds good. And listen, if you want to give payman's bills, we're on it. We're on it. From a managerial standpoint, <laughs> from Anthony's managerial standpoint, I am all up for that fight. So KSI versus Anthony. Uh, Let's have it. Nah, well, <laughs> Thank that, you, that would yeah, never happen. But I, I am interested in seeing KSI versus Tommy Fury. I'm going to be real. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely want to see that fight. I well, I well, I want to see that fight. Reason why? Because I mean, KSI ain't bad, you know. And one thing I like about KSI, he comes to throw hands. You know what I mean, he comes to throw hands. So I would, I would enjoy watching that. I really would enjoy watching that. Someone says um, Harley Ben versus India's number one Faisal Anwar on Saturday night. I don't know the result of it, Spence, uh, but can you shed any light on that? We still got a few. No, minutes. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. So I don't want to speak um, disrespectfully about Harley Ben um, because I I didn't know. Maybe he's fighting this week coming up. 
I don't think, I don't think he fought on the weekend. I think he's fighting this week coming up. You know what I mean? Because I saw the show that Frank had the other day, the Queensby show, and the man was right up the place. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and um, the man that's right up the place, turn. I, I want to get his name right. I think it's Ellis Zoro. Well done to Ellis Zoro for becoming the new WBO European Cruiserweight Champion, knocking Hosea Burton's head off. Bro, hey, what a fantastic knockout! A great fight. Jose, there were some good moments for Hosea there in that fight. I really looked like he was rolling back the early days from when he was a British champion. Um, but it wasn't to be. You know, this man would not be denied. And, you know, um, Ellis was doing some good movements in there. And I like the way that he turned it up when he hurt Hosea. So congratulations to Ellis uh, becoming the new WBO Cruiserweight champion. Also, further down that bill, there was um, Young Alloys. Coming through a funny little first or second round, I think it was. But what a knockout that was. Uh, great knockout by Young Alloys. Moves in further. And he's definitely going to be a problem. Only 20 he's years a, he's a problem, For him, he just needs to keep the ball rolling. Uh, but great, great win for Alloys uh, and Ben Davison there. And the whole of the team, Barry Smith. Um, um, and who else was on that card? I'm just trying to remember because I was watching it here. Um... Ellis, obviously. Um, Willie Hutchison put on a, a, a good, a good, good display, knocking out the guy that previously beat um, unbeaten. Come on, Spence, help me with these names. You know, I don't really watch these boys too tough, but um, don't involve me because it's past the hour. We're meant to be off now. <laughs> yeah, they're talking, talking, This is not good because I, yeah, Willie Hutchison. Yeah, we know Willie Hutchison, but he he beat. Madonna, that's it. Madonna, the Argentinian who had only been stopped by a few good people. Better BF stopped him early on uh, in, in, in Better BF's career. I don't know many facts Better BF had before he stopped. Carol Otoma, you're, thinking, you're uh, talking Carol about. Carol Otoma, that's it. But that's, um, right. that was a good win by Willie. And uh, obviously, after his first defeat, which I think probably, you know, humbled him a little bit in, in the sense that, you know, as a professional, you have to do the job properly. Uh, he came out strong and, and, and wait, wait a second, Manny. There's a guy called Josh D. Like, he's, he's I can't take offensive talk on it. You could talk about anything else, but don't try to talk about calling man pussy. Hey, you don't do funny. I can do it myself. Yeah, all right, cool. This is easy. <laughs> You're blocked. Yeah, yeah so, um, so yeah, so well done to Willie Hutchinson. Uh, also winning, I think it was a WBC international belt. Okay, really, um, announces himself on the light heavyweight. Division. I see him calling out Dan Aziz uh, ringside, and obviously Dan saying, "Yeah, cool, let's do it." But bruv, let man earn their straps. Thank you very much. You can't just like call, call that man and get fights. No, you yeah, have to yeah, earn yeah, it. Don't work like that. Like, like I said, Dan Aziz, Dan Aziz is a throwback fighter. He's done yes. everything. He's one. He's a throwback. He's an eighties fighter fighting today. Yes, yes. Right? And he's done it the hard way. Of course Why? he has. So props to Dan Aziz. Why should Dan Aziz give anyone that's just coming up, that's young? No, no. He, he, Dan Aziz is at the top of the mountain now. We want big facts, big money facts. He's world class. You have to earn that. 
You don't just get the fight because you're saying, I want to fight. No, no. And I, I told Dan that, and I'm not I'm not afraid to say it now. I told him, can't get that fight. <laughs> he, Dan would fight, but I just feel that there's, you know, someone has to, you know, rein these kind of things in. Um, next week, we have the great Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron. That is going to be a swingers. Uh, Spence, what's your take on that fight? Um, I think Chantel Cameron's going to win that fight, Tim. Wow. I'm wow. going to be real. I really do rate Chantel Cameron. And I think Katie Taylor is coming kind of to the tail end of her career. She's had frequent, constantly tough fights. And I think, I think Chantel Cameron's going to pip her on points. That's what I believe. But because he's in the island, she could come with some different kind of ferocity. But I'm kind of favoring Chantel Cameron to come out victorious in that fight, Tim. That's interesting. That's interesting. And I think there's two more subjects. Obviously, Roly uh, last night, Romero... We spoke about Roly. What's that again? Did we we spoke about Roly. Yes. yes. We, we did talk about him. All right. So, listen. There's only one fight left and we want the prediction. Devon, the dream, Haney versus Vasily, the machine... Lomachenko. Oh, Janabik knocked off that brother's head last night in the second round. I don't know what that guy was doing in the ring with um, Janabik. But again, we've got to big up our own. It shows how great Denzel uh, Bentley. performance Denzel Bentley was. You know, going into the Lions then um, and really putting on a great show. Maybe if he had start uh, earlier, who knows? Uh, Denzel, but you know, second time round, it will get it. But it really, as I said to Denzel, the day of that fight, listen, you've shown your world class, and so you just need to keep the ball rolling. And and and, 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 and he's Denzel, doing that now. He's doing that now. Denzel will come in. All right, so one for Haney and two for Lemachenko. But what's your personal opinion? Spence? My personal opinion is this: everything is about timing. And I believe that this fight is at the right time for someone like Devin Haney. Um, Lomachenko is being a superb fighter, but I also believe that he's long in the tooth. I think he's long in the tooth. And I think Devin Haney will bring that fire, will bring that speed, will bring that tenacity. And he's got very, very good ring IQ. And we saw him demonstrate that in the two Cambosis fights, right? Um, where he's got that. And also he's had Proper learning. We saw in the fight against Jorge Linares where he got, he gets hit really badly and gets hurt in that fight as well. Um, but that's all about learning because he was bossing that fight quite easily. He's, he's, he's boxing really, really well. He's boxing to orders. And I just believe like everything's timing. Yes. Um, Lomachenko was a very, very great amateur fighter, right? He was a great amateur fighter, but when you're fighting in WBS with no head guards, and no t-shirt, they're pro fights. They're just five round pro fights. You're not fooling me. So you had a bag of those. So you've been a, you've been a pro fighter before you turned professional, right? Um, but also, but this pro game and this pro game over 12 rounds, it's a different kind of thing. And I think similarly to, um, what Teofimo Lopez did, I think Devin Haney can do exactly the same thing. And I believe that Devin Haney is actually faster um, 
than Teofimo Lopez. And I think he's physically stronger. He doesn't punch harder, but he's physically stronger because Teofimo was actually struggling to make weight. Devin Haney is a consummate professional. And I like what him and his father have done, you know what I mean, uh, from parent to partners. And I look forward to to seeing Devin the Dream Haney come out victorious as the youngest ever undisputed champion in history and also like an unbeaten fighter that's going to go on to great things. Absolutely. Well, you already know why I'm out here. I'm out here to support Dev. I'll be in the gym. Well, it's fight week. But I'm, you're going to see my face around camp. And um, I'm Dev all the way. I just think, as you said, it's about timing. Uh, it's a great time. Listen, we cannot overlook Lomachenko. We see what he's done to Richard. No, you've been an idiot too. You've been stupid. You've been really stupid too. See what he's done to Richard Comey, to Nana Taka, I think he's that, his name is. Um, he's a great fighter, but it's everything's time, and I, I just think it's Dev's time. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching two legends, two legends, one in Devin Haney and two in Lomachenko, live in the flesh. Great fight. I'm here. Mm. The sun's shining. Um, great. Great, 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 great. Spence, we've gone over time. It has been a great show. Thank you very much to Eddie Hearn. Blessing the show uh, this evening. And I'm sure we're going to hear from Eddie a lot more. What he says about the black book. <laughs> yes, Spence, we know your black book is, 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 is very, very powerful. Um, and yeah, um, thank you to the son of Frank Lucas. Um, yep, Michael Bovell. To Jazz. It's, it's just been, my, yeah, Michael Bovell. It's just been great. It's been a great show, a calm show. And uh, we go into fight week anticipating two great fights next Saturday in Katie Taylor against Chantel Cameron and also the real Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a, what's, what do you say? Pleasing plum pleasure. Plum pleasing pleasure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we end the show in exactly the same way we started, in the magical words of dream it, believe it, become it. Adjust to readjust. <laughs> Come along. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. Can I see you? Oh, type not again. Where have you been, man? I haven't even seen you for a few weeks. Oh, type Miss Rings. Let me pick up the people. Thank you, Checkmate734. 618. Wait, what's that thing going? 618. Matt One, yeah, Miss Ringside, Dutter Girl, Sharp Dog, Al Nazir, Kurt Campbell, Philip Answer, Hot Video, Daniel J, Boateng, Joe Barrow, Sammy Ali, Aaron, The Special, Sawa, Take Me Back, Pirate Radio, and everyone else. Thank you, Duke Ace, for the contributions for the show. Act Five, Country Dunder Sherman. Come on. This goes on and on later. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great one. Thank you so much for joining us live from Las Vegas and live from London. Good night. God bless. Big up. Sports Social Podcast Network.